Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaSDoc. I'm Alex Thuma, and I'll be chatting to this week's guest about the challenges and rewards of growing a SaaS company. Before that, I just want to let you know about SaaSDoc Remote, which is our online conference happening on June the 10th and 11th. It's all geared around the three pillars of helping you, our SaaS founders, execs, companies, VCs, adapt, survive, and thrive during these times. Uh, It's a two-day event. We'll have uh, more than 3,000 attendees from across the world joining us, uh, uh, certainly at a time when you can't connect in person. This is a great opportunity to connect with your peers online. We'll have more than 150 speakers, including the likes of David Heinemar Hansen from Basecamp, Bill McKaitis, former CMO at Slack, at Zendesk and Salesforce. David Scott, Thomas Tungus, and more. So everyone who is anyone in SaaS uh, will either be there or be speaking. It'll include a virtual expo floor, networking and engagement, actionable keynotes and panels, interactive workshops and roundtables, matchmaking sessions, and lead generation opportunities for your company. So if you're a founder, exec, investor, or a startup in SaaS, we hope to see you there at SaaS.remote. Use the code SASREVOLUTION to get a discount of 20% off your tickets. They're already pretty cheap, starting at $129. So guaranteed to get much more than 10x uh, ROI. We hope to see you there. Go to sas.com forward slash remote. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, Lorena Morales, uh, VP of Marketing at GoNimbly. Welcome, Lorena. Thank you, Alex. It's such an honor to, to be part of your show and talk a little bit about my, my experience to your audience. I've been following the show for quite a bit, especially when I jumped to the SaaS world uh, almost a little more than two years ago. Excellent. Well, great to have you on. Uh, obviously, we, we met uh, a couple of times uh, last year. Uh, I think in, in at Sasol East East Coast and West Coast, right? And uh, um, obviously, got to know uh, yourself and uh, also your a uh, couple of your colleagues, your, the, the co-founders of uh, of GoNimbly, uh, Jason and, and Jennifer, right? So, who are a lot of fun, I have to say, a, a lot of fun. Good to have you on the show. We want to um, first of all like get to know you a little bit. Um, you, you know who you are, you know, as a person, and and then a little bit about your story is. To, to how you you, you came, you know, VP of, of GoNimbly. Uh, tell the audience as well who GoNimbly are for those that haven't heard of you. Um, yeah, and we, we can uh, we can take it from there. We'll talk about uh, a bit about sort of marketing and what's happening in the world right now also. Sure thing. Um, well, I think the, the right way to start this is by, by saying uh, uh, I am an immigrant, probably the audience already noticed that by, by my accent. I, I was born and raised in Mexico, although I consider myself more like a citizen of the world because I had the fortune to live and work in multiple cities um, around the world. So actually my background is in is in product design. That's where I started my career back in, in, in Mexico. And then I moved a little bit to NGO management uh, when I lived in, in Argentina and then back in Mexico, which were kind of my, my passions. Um, Soon enough, I understood two things. One, that nonprofit organizations, well, it's hard, it's hard to say it this way, but they are not going to really pay the bills. Um, and secondly, uh, on the marketing side, I knew how to build any type of product or service with my background. But I, but I saw that it was really hard for me to sell it. 
And that's when I moved to the US almost uh, nine years ago to pursue my graduate education in international marketing. So I got my first master's degree uh, here in San Francisco. And I started to work almost exclusively for uh, startups. Um, I fell in love with them. Uh, also, another reality that, that hit me is that I understood that in order to stay in this country and to kind of build the infamous American dream, my, my life was going to depend into, into companies sponsoring me. So I had to, to be a little job promiscuous in, in that sense, or that's how I call it. Um, today, that's a, that's a benefit because it allowed me to be in several industries, um, everything from retail, um, architecture, uh, real estate, uh, healthcare, which was very, very interesting, probably one of the toughest industries that I worked for. Uh, lots of regulations, uh, lots of impediments to really uh, do marketing effectively. And then uh, I pursued my second uh, master's degree in, in, in strategic design uh, management. So yeah, when, when I understood, um, I came back from, from New York, I, 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 I had the opportunity not to be depending on a company anymore. So that's when I did my jump into the SaaS world, which was a little scary, I have to be honest, but I've never been afraid to, to take any risks. I came to the U.S. without knowing a single soul or, <laughs> or anything, um, and I made my my way through it uh, after nine years. So, the SaaS world kind of—it's now almost my 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 second passion after after design. Uh, working for the biggest companies like uh, SendeSk, Twilio, and see how fast they move—it's just impressive for me. Speed and um, Adaptability are two things that I've always kind of carry in my personal lifestyle. So that's when I joined Go Nimbly uh, with the crazy Jason Reichel as my CEO and boss. <laughs> I called him fun. You said crazy, you know. <laughs> well, I have many words to describe that that guy, but um, <laughs> primarily he's he's a he's an interesting man in in many areas, and he has taught me a lot about SaaS and he has allowed me the chance to grow in, in the company. So the company, for those who, who don't know us, is called Go Nimbly. Uh, what we do is we are the first company executing on the revenue operations methodology. So what that means is that we see it mostly on the operations side um, of the clients that I already mentioned to either augment or uh, pretty much deploy entire teams. Um, to be better in in operations and make better op uh, operators the other thing is we also help companies on the strategic level to kind of invest better and smarter in operations um, and we've been in business actually since 2012 but we were more like a salesforce shop and we um, the entire company kind of rebranded uh, re or changed the the, the the mission to become full revenue operations back in 2014. So not only were the, the the only one doing the executional work, but we were the first ones in the space, which makes it makes it super interesting. Um, so that's why I'm right now. I've been with the company almost two years. Um, my role have changed a little bit. I started more on the branding side because of my background. Uh, today I am more of a revenue marketer uh, working very very closely with with 
quote Jason and our CRO Troy. Um, my team is um, measured by impact to revenue. So that was that was a, a big change. Uh, we have implemented ABM as our main UTM strategy since 2018. Uh, with me at the head of those efforts. So I think that's that's a nice introduction of who I am and what am I doing these days. <laughs> yeah, no, amazing, great story, um, great background there. Uh, I agree, I think like Go Nimbly, uh, for me, was the first company that I heard of talking about revenue operations. And, and then certainly last year was when I really just saw this growth of revenue operations that uh, all, all of these companies were recategorizing themselves as RevOps companies. Um, and I was like, oh, mate, are you a subscription billing company or a RevOps? But I, actually, I mean, there, there's a lot of validity around their repositioning, but it seems you guys are really kind of, you know, at, at the center uh, of that. And in terms of like, so Go Nimbly, it's not a SaaS company for the audience. Um, is it more a service company than a SaaS company? We operate, uh, our business model is like a SaaS company in the sense that we are a monthly uh, subscription mm -hmm. model. But in reality, we are a service. Uh, our, our product is our people because we, we serve uh, with our consultants, uh, our clients to better execute their, their operations. So yes, we are, we are not a software company. And, and the company, uh, obviously, based in the US, uh, are you only serving the US market? Are you doing Europe? Are you doing globally? Uh, mainly, uh, our, most of our book of business is US-based, yes. Uh, we've had a couple of clients uh, in India and, and a couple others, uh, for example, in, in, in Canada, like, like partners and, and clients. Uh, we have offices here in San Francisco, where is the headquarters, uh, we were actually before COVID growing 100% year over year, both in headcount and uh, revenue. And that's when we opened our offices in Chicago. So we have three offices, San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. And, uh, and we are right now around 60 people. Yes. Okay. Cool. Very good. Um, so I want to pick your brains, your, your marketing uh, brains uh, on just what's happening in the world right now with marketing uh, uh, and just for a little bit, not to, not too much. Then we'll go, uh, you know, a, a bit more uh, into some sort of like marketing uh, strategy um, and then sort of wrap it up, like going back to uh, yourself uh, and, and a final few questions. Um, and so one of the things I've noticed, but I, I, I may be sort of wrong here and I just want to, wanted to ask a question, like is marketing, you know, the first sort of department to be cut, you know, when there is a, a downturn, when there is a recession? Uh, and if, if so, uh, why? Yes, that's, a, that's an excellent question. The answer could be yes. Unfortunately, uh, as far as I've seen with, with friends in the industry and, and ourselves, uh, reality is that not only we had to cut budgets in, especially in, in, in fields that that have proven success since the last six years, like field marketing, for example. Uh, but the thing is, if you think about marketing historically, has always been a cost more than an investment. It's been more in the recent years where we have a, a seat in the revenue uh, table where people are starting to see us more as a strategic department instead of uh, uh, support 
system kind of thing. So when when the entire COVID situation happened, uh, it of course it caught all of us by surprise. I remember I was in Chicago with with a couple of my colleagues, and I started. I'm kind of a futuristic in the sense that I, I love to to see future scenarios and bring them uh, to to the present and try to ideate um, and prototype as much as I can based on that. Simply because I have a, a designer mind, right? Um, but we, I have a funny story, like even before COVID started, back in January, we partnered with a company called Chargebee, which I'm sure you have heard of. Um, and we started this huge project, uh, which ideally was going to be around 15 to 20 speakers um, called the Revenue Operations Intervention, which, by the way, it's, it's already online for everyone that, that wants to, to see it. So this happened before COVID and due to the nature of our, of our business, our key personas are very, very senior. We're talking about like the VP of sales, the CMO, the CRO, like these type of people. Um, and everything was going fantastically until COVID happened. And it was very, very difficult to even email people because it was this um, strike where we're like, we didn't know what was the sweet spot between saying like, hey, we need to keep this going and like feeling for them and their families. So the other factor is that, of course, people didn't want to hear about the slide decks uh, at that time or like being emailed by for meetings for for this for this um, for this project. So that was incredibly difficult. But like, thank God. Uh, um, the people on it are not only like the best in the industry, but some of them happen to be close friends. So we we executed and finished the project the best that, that, that we could. And I think uh, I would call it a, a success. Uh, the other important thing that happened about COVID was, as I said, messaging and how marketers are starting to approach uh, their messaging in their companies. It had to be around empathy most than, than anything else, uh, or at least that's how Goniably took it. And uh, find, again, the balance between like putting empathy in your messaging and not overdoing it, because then that way you are not gonna create business anyways, and then you are trying to survive as a, as a business. So it's it was really hard for the entire marketing department to, to be honest. But on the good side, on the good note, uh, precisely revenue operations was kind of the solution. And it's still the, the solution because it keeps operations streamlined with a laser focus on the customer. So we were uh, able to adjust to a huge change in a way that that's, that's not only going to be harmful to the business in the long term, uh, but that requires like a, like a lot of communication between teams, which is entire messaging about breaking silos and being more aligned than ever. So I think it, it had their bad side, of course, uh, uh, as everything, but it also was very positive because of, of, of what we do and because revenue operations is, is something that is needed before or after COVID. So yeah, there's a great story there in in terms of you know how you're uh, adapting marketing and messaging uh, within these times. And um, what I also want to would like to know is like in terms of the channels that let's say you're you're investing in uh, sort of now. Has there anything that 
you've stopped. I mean, field marketing is the, the obvious one, right? Um, uh, uh, but ha have you stopped paid marketing, if, even if you were ever doing that? Uh, have you doubled down in a certain area? Or Because some companies I've, I've heard and, and seen this, they're almost stopping all marketing uh, like altogether just for a kind of period. And some companies are stopping all sales for or not expecting any sales. Uh, uh, perhaps to say, but it's just interesting to know like what, what you guys are doing of finding like, let's put our efforts here. Let's change our messaging. Let's like, you know, not focus in this area. Uh, no, not at all. Like I, I think again, because, because I told you that revenue operations is kind of a savior in the, in these times, uh, it was a decision of mine to yes, stop all field marketing, of course, not only because we, we had to, but because it was just a smart thing to do. Um, and the, the thing that we pivoted to was to fully digital. Uh, so that meant starting a paid acquisition program, which I never did at GoNimbly because we don't we don't we don't run business on on lead generation. We don't have a lead generation program, and we don't expect to have one because we we believe in in. I mean, marketing for us at GoNimbly is not about scalability anymore or, or having, again, like a million leads. It's about being human and like creating those experiences that are tailored to individuals. Um, I, I think that's more important than anything. So what I did was started paid acquisition. Um, it was never a need because 85% of our customer base came from referrals. And then the other part was covered by having a nice demand gen uh, program. And on top of that, our ABM efforts. Uh, so it wasn't really a need before COVID. Today, uh, we are investing a lot of, uh, for example, sponsoring like newsletters or uh, like Google AdWords, which I'm not entirely happy with because, again, we don't do lead gen. Mm -hmm. uh, for platforms like, for example, LinkedIn ads, like those type of things that I that I that we didn't need either at that moment. Now they are becoming my best friends, and I'm kind of going back to when I started marketing here in the Bay Area, where I did paid acquisition for for two companies, um, and uh, and it's it's helping me too because I mean you become rusty, right? Like in every profession, you need to to be able to to kind of um, always be updated in the in the technologies so for me it was good to to kind of pull my my sleeves and go back to the dirty and like starting to do the work again so i think that's the biggest change that we have experienced in marketing uh, i don't see us stopping either sales or marketing because we 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 need to to help our clients more than ever we're seeing a lot of people um have adapted their sales and marketing to be sort of leading with help how can i how can I help you? How can I help the customer? Is that something that you've always been doing? Is that something that you're doing now? Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, being the nature of a consultancy is always to put the client in front. I know it, it should be the mission of every single company, but I think Argo Nimbly is the foundation of why we exist because if we didn't provide that help from the very beginning, like let's say a Twilio that we, we have literally like uh, hold their hands through many, many stages and many changes, um, we wouldn't exist. So our company specifically, it's, it's all about the customer and how to, to, to help them get to the next stage. 
rather rather if it's growth or, or whatever uh, their purpose is. Um, yes, it, it, it's absolutely, it, it needs to be. Like, for example, for us, we don't see um, the sales funnel as a funnel. For us, it's more like a bow tie where marketing and sales are involved from the very beginning and then the, the, the opportunity closes and then uh, that continues now with customer success uh, until until like how you you create your 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 clients into advocates. So that's something that that we that I think we are very unique in that sense because everyone talks talks about like top of the funnel and bottom bottom of the funnel. Uh, for us, it's simply a bow tie where like you never never really stop taking care about like that customer journey or that customer experience. From from speaking to Jason, uh, your CEO last year, I understand uh, you guys adopt uh, account based marketing uh, strategies. Uh, is this something? Is that still a uh, a strategy uh, that that you you follow? And uh, if so, can you give us a little bit of insights into how you do this and how this kind of works for you? Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. Uh, yes, account-based marketing was the first. Um, we realized back in 2018 that since I told you most of our clients came from referrals, that was not a sustainable GTM strategy. So that's the first time that it was it was Jason who introduced me to the to the actual process and told me like, hey, there's this thing called account-based marketing. Well, what do you think about it? And then the moment that I educated myself on it um, as, a, as a thirsty learner, uh, I was like, this is it. It's not even a question. Like we have to do it because our ACVs are around $400,000. So we didn't really have any other option, right? So um, that's when I got my, my cer- myself certified in, in advanced ABM. I went to every single event that I could. I made the friends that I needed that were working in, in these programs, not only starting them, but like people that already scale them. So for example, a Daniel Bay that today happens to be a very good friend of mine, um, seeing companies like Snowflake uh, scaling these efforts to 1500 accounts was my dream. And that's the goal that I had when I, when we started these at, at Go Nimbly. Um, so to answer your question, yes, we're still doing it. We're never going to stop uh, doing it. And adding to that, we also transitioned to conversational marketing. So it, it was a combination between, between ABM uh, and conversational marketing, which we really believe in in the company. Um, a shout out, of course, here could be Drift, not only our, our lovely partners, uh, but we are uh, their clients. So through them, we understood that it has made an incredible difference, Alex, because having the ability to speak directly with the people consuming your content or visiting your site by, by, by that matter, um, mm-hmm. it allowed us to, to automate some parts of that process or like recommendations like uh, or book meetings, for example, with the, with the sales team. So as I'm telling you, like that allowed the sales and marketing team to just become the revenue team um, in order to to maintain that level of personalization. So that's how you do it, by understanding that there are gonna be pieces that you can automate to make the life of everyone better. But as long as you keep that human super uh, high level of personalization, you can get to success. I wouldn't call our program right now um, 
a sophisticated program because according to, to many sources like demand base and, and people that have uh, done the research on this field, uh, you can't really call your program a, a, a sophisticated IBA program after in average three years. So it takes time. It's a program that it takes a lot of patience, that it takes a lot of work, uh, both in content and relationships. Um, but the good thing is that people or your future customers get to participate actively in their own experience. And that is invaluable um, because it let us know what people are looking for uh, and, and exactly in what stage of that bow tie they are. Uh, and then when we have that information and those data points, we just keep building more and more and more on top of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the strategies that I think, regardless if, if I am at, at Conimbly or any other company, um, it's something that I fell in love from day one and I, and I'm going to continue doing that for the rest of my marketing career. Yes. Um, given you, you, you mentioned, uh, sort of earlier, uh, that the ACV is around about 400,000 uh, a year. So are you targeting only the likes of, you know, Drift, Twilio, Zendesk, uh, and so on? Do you have to be a certain size of company to either be working with you or looking at revenue operations? Yes, because I mean, at some point we did work with companies in early stages, like Series A, not never earlier than that. But uh, reality is that our ICP and the sweet spot is Series B, or probably probably even Series C and after, because the problems that we see that revenue operations fix they only happen at a certain level of, of, of the company. So for example, if your sales team uh, is only five people, probably you, you, you are in, in a good spot to kind of fix things from the very beginning. But when you have experienced a little hyper growth and you're already in series C and you have like, and you already have like territory management, like these type of things, and you can, and you already invested in a marketing automation platform and your CRM and this and that, that's when the really messy stuff happens. And that's when we kind of uh, play in. Earlier than that, for us, it's, it's really, really hard to kind of execute and provide value because for us, um, there needs to be this, this kind of craziness, if you, if, you, if, you, if you would call it like that, in the company in order to, to, to successfully implement revenue operations. And so, uh, as we said at the beginning, I think, you know, you guys uh, or Go Nimbly were the first to talk about revenue operations, but now there's, you know, others, there's, you know, Clary, Chargebee, Lean Data, and so on. Uh, you know, everybody, the rev revenue operations and either um, recategorizing themselves as a RevOps company. Is this because you guys are, are telling them to, to, to do that, to be, to be RevOps companies? Uh, are they... Uh, in any way, uh, if somebody's a RevOps company, are they uh, competitors of yours? How, how do you differ to these others? <laughs> I mean, I wish, right, that we had that that level of, of influence. We have in in some in some instances and in some with some companies, we have influenced that transition for sure. Uh, but the thing is, some of these companies brand themselves as revenue operations software or x or y when in reality is 
it, it, it's not, it doesn't really cover the entire revenue, revenue operations um, uh, methodology because, for example, a lot of them don't even cover uh, customer success, which is a crucial part of what we believe in, in GoNimpy. Um, the way, what, what I would call our value proposition is against these companies, which I guess some of them are our partners and very loved partners like Chargebee and, and Lindata, um, is first of all, we can tailor our programs to specific needs. So while still operating as a SaaS business. So that means we are so much flexible that the work that we do in the first two months probably is, is not going to be the same that than the work that we do after six months. And that's, that's kind of impressive. Um, and if you are a software RevOps platform, that's something that you simply can't do. The second thing I would say is we have implemented over, I think right now it would be over six, 1,600 work streams. And with that, we have data points for benchmarking like no other company. So we've seen every single problem and fixed it at least once. Um, that's not the case of these companies either. The third one, uh, we can staff a team for, for you or supplement your existing team, uh, depending on, on the need of the company. Um, the other one would be like, we end up managing the entire tech stack for the, for the revenue team, which today could be, I think right now we're around 300 uh, million uh, in MRR. Uh, uh, we are managing that amount for our clients as of today. So we, we, we take care of the entire uh, tool stack. And then last one, I think is, is it links to what I was telling you. Like we have a deep understanding of the revenue impact through the entire bow tie. Uh, not only from not, not only before opportunity or post opportunity, but like through the entire bow tie. Um, and yeah, the, the, the people that, that we have as consultants is just talent that I've never seen together in my life. Honestly. Like we have around two Marketo champions and Salesforce are architects that all of them come together um, in a space where we are trying to, to create generalists. So even if they are Marketo champions, they get to work with seven different companies. Um, and at the end, they, they end up being being more um, like better uh, educated and better positioned to serve a client that is going to be ever changing. So I think that's that's what differentiates us from from other companies. And also, of course, the executional side, right? Like none of them are going to do the work for you. <laughs> like those those are those are the things, uh, and we are here to do that work for you and to show you how to do it. So yeah, cool. Uh, that 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 that's, that's clear. And uh, the last uh, question, um, as we, we come to the end of the show, I always ask the guests how they stay healthy and sane. But here, I guess we can adapt that to like how are we staying or how are you staying healthy and sane? You, you know, during uh, I guess as you guys are calling it, shelter at home. Um, so, what is your way uh, of, of getting you through the uh, these times? Uh, that's a great question because I've I mean. Physically, I've never really struggled to maintain a, a, a good, healthy body. Uh, I eat very well, etc. Like that's a habit that was that was that I had for for years. 
but I've always kind of struggled on the mental capacity. So first of all, I do go to therapy. Like I have a fantastic uh, Latin American, of course, uh, therapist that has helped me through all of this transition. And the other thing is, um, it's going to sound a little cliche, but uh, I have given a try to, to meditation and it seems to be working with uh, something called core because it's the only thing that I've seen in the market that kind of connects the mental part of meditation with your physical body. So literally is, is, is a gadget that you are feeling while, while you are meditating. And while you are breathing, there's vibrations in your hands. Um, and me as a skeptic, and, and, and I get distracted very easily, like for me, that has been the main difference. Um, the other thing is I, my family happens to be, to live all over the world. So I, I've been by myself almost since I'm like 18, 19, something like that. And this time has brought us more together. Like I find myself calling my family more often, which I, I didn't really do because I'm always busy doing something or learning something or whatever. So I think staying in touch with the people that have given you everything and that have formed your foundations right now is crucial to go back to the basics and to go back to understand where you come from um so those are the things that keep me kind of sane and then laughing i'm a person that you're always gonna uh, be seeing me either smiling or laughing or both um and i hope i don't lose that capability so those are the things Awesome. Yeah, no, and and say, uh, I mean, very similar. Uh, and again, we're we're seeing that with a lot of people that, that what's happening right now means that people are just connecting with friends and family, you know, even more. And uh, you, you know, certainly, it, it's the case, uh, you know, with me. And uh, probably, you know, after a day of Zoom, this is this is my, you know, I would I'd like to say this is my my final Zoom of the day. But likely after a, after dinner and a few drinks, we'll be having Zoom parties with friends and uh, and so on. So it's uh, it, it's it's funny how um, uh, how this has kind of changed things. And in, in some ways, uh, I, I think you know for for the better, right? So uh, making us more connected um, and, and being there for each other. So it's a, a really nice uh, uh, sentiment, I think, to kind of uh, end on. Um, so just want to say, uh, you, you know, fantastic speaking to you. Uh, and learning from you uh, really appreciate you taking the time to kind of share with with our community um we'll be seeing go nimbly i think at sasslock remotes in, uh, in in june so uh excited for that um so thank you very much lorena morales uh, vp of marketing at go nimbly thank you alex it's been a pleasure to talk to you and that beautiful accent always <laughs> uh, thank cool. you thank you thanks lorena Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash remote for SaaS Remote, our online conference, which is coming up on June the 10th and 11th. Use code SASREVOLUTION to get 20% off your already cheap tickets and join SaaS founders from across the world for this two-day event. Uh, you know, I am biased, but it looks like the best conference happening in June online and yeah hopefully we'll see you there